0: hi everybody welcome to crypto ramble my name is desiree i am speaking with one of my favorite people in the crypto space ruben yap we met at a, i'm not sure which conference a couple conferences we've met up at mostly in new york city ruben is a project steward of Zcoin, a privacy coin and as you guys know i'm really into privacy coins in the crypto space i actually did a video where i was having some fun with Ruben's profile picture on my channel and talking about Zcoin having um released their Sigma protocol, which meant that they didn't have a trusted setup anymore. I did that um last year in around this the summertime and so ribbon is very knowledgeable about the whole space in general and privacy coins in particular we're going to cover a few different topics first of all talking about privacy coins and the whole crypto space regulations delisting from exchanges we're also going to talk about some current events and then maybe also the whole maximalism philosophy and how that sort of excludes coins that i really care about such as privacy coins so, uh, hi Ruben, say say hello to everyone.
1: Hello, hi everyone. So good to be on again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this time in person. Um, so first of all, I don't know if whoever is listening or watching heard my interview with uh, Joel Valenzuela from Dash, but we were talking about the delisting of coins from exchanges recently, the most notable one being... Um, Monero, I I believe it was from BitBay, Um, but this has happened in the past only I only think Zcash is one of the coins that sort of gets through this because they're they're on um, some major exchanges like I think Coinbase and um, Joel was saying that it doesn't make sense because uh, even though certain coins don't market themselves as privacy coins um such as say Bitcoin in essence they may be using the same technology the users who use those coins might be able to use the same technology um such as CoinJoin, that these privacy coins use and so it's more about regulators or people who decide what gets to stay or has to leave an exchange what they perceive a coin to be rather than what the actual abilities of the coin capabilities of the coin is and I know that Ruben kind of has a, a similar viewpoint I think and maybe you could ex- expand on that
1: yeah I mean like so first of all I mean um, you know of i am I'm, I'm not a big believer of coin in general I mean it's it's simple it has its benefits um, but I mean even you talk to like the guys at Samurai wallet you know which which uses whirlpool and, and all of their coin join stuff you take a look at the number of steps and, and hoops you have to jump through to perform an effective coin join is just way too much for, for an average user to use but, but that's slightly besides the point I, I think the point is that you are correct that most regulators are more focused on the form rather than the substance uh, so like if we market ourselves as a privacy coin then we are more likely to get, like, you know, lumped into this high-risk category, right? Okay. And um, there are many, many other coins that do have, uh, you know, some form of privacy. I mean, Dash, of course, has its own uh, private Zen with its um, uh, coin coinjoin mixers. I mean, Komodo has zk-snarks technology, um, but <clears throat> they haven't been affected. And I have actually had personal experience on this. Uh, I actually couldn't, I I can't say who, but we were about to be listed with uh, a major, uh, you know, like, crypto credit card provider. And what happened was, one day before the listing, and we had signed the agreement and everything was ready to go out, uh, we were told that uh, some of their partners were not comfortable having a privacy coin on their platform. And I was like, well, you know, you guys already have some coins there with clear privacy features. I mean, Dash was one of them, right? So I said, how does that gel in, you know? And they were saying that, yeah, it's actually more just about the marketing. Can Can Zcoin market itself as something else? And I'm like, what would Zcoin be without privacy, right? And uh, I really don't know I I couldn't think of a way and I didn't want to go down that path because it it seemed to be admitting that privacy was a bad thing um so I guess my point is that you know I don't think regulators fully understand the, the the scope of what privacy coins are and perhaps how futile it is to to target privacy coins when now many many other coins now are considering privacy solutions like Ethereum's looking at privacy solutions. Bitcoin has also like been developing their privacy solutions. So what are we saying? Are we saying that you know, like shit privacy is okay, but good privacy isn't? I find that really a really weird <laughs> distinction to make. And I think at the end of the day is that these regulators don't fully understand the technology. But they want to be seen as doing something, and privacy coins are uh, like an easy niche to to attack, especially one like Monero, which has in the past uh, celebrated being on darknets, and that's why I feel that privacy coins have to be very careful about what they want to be seen as. Right? We we want to promote uh, privacy coins as. Something that it's a basic human right, like you know, it's the same types of rights that prevent a bank from revealing our information to other people and that should be the kind of focus of privacy clients rather than trying to say Ah, the only way that we can do this is through darknet market uh, adoption and things like that which really plays into the narrative that privacy is for bad thing. and one of the things that also really really irks me is that this is not a new battle because, yes, financial privacy with cryptocurrencies may be kind of new But, just like maybe 10-15 years ago uh, In the US, uh, you weren't allowed to export products with good encryption Because they were considered a weapon uh, And you had to have like export grade uh, tools Which basically downgraded the encryption to be like less, less good can you imagine that? I mean this is the same argument They were saying that, yeah, encryption, you know, prevents, you know, crime and, and our adversaries can use it so we can only export crap versions of security where we can compromise it, right? And, and of course, the, the you know, general community fought back and now encryption is widely available uh, And similarly, you know, even like I started a VPN company in 2007 when I first started, VPNs were the same thing. They were like, why do you want to hide your, your internet IP address? You must be something bad. And many, many payment providers would not allow me to accept payments because they said I was high risk and, you know, in the same category as <coughs> adult videos and stuff. And I don't have anything around against adult videos. But, you know, I was placed into that whole, like, high risk category. And I was like, why? I'm just encrypting internet traffic. What's... What's the big deal? And now today, VPNs are seen as an essential tool, right? Like you have an antivirus, you have a VPN, you want to protect your internet privacy. And I feel that we are just now approaching the whole debate with financial privacy. And I actually recently read a really cool article where we are only experiencing this problem because we're moving to digital cash. Because physical cash is private and anonymous by default. But you see that increasing trend uh, of countries going cashless and that's when they start cracking down on cash. And that's why this whole financial privacy with digital currencies is at the forefront. But but yeah, I mean, there was a bit of a, a ramble, but this is crypto ramble. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no, that was a great, a great ramble. I just wanted to ask you. Um, can you give me an example of a kind of product where they had to downgrade the encryption features? Like what kind of software <coughs> product are you talking about?
1: Uh, it was quite a while back, but uh, like, for example, like if you, I don't have the exact name of it, but I can definitely uh, tell it to you later. You just need a quick Google, but I remember that like if you, you were using like, let's say like two, five, six bit security, you could only export like a lower grade of that, or you had didn't have certain access to certain uh, algorithms or like proofs. So I felt that that was really, really weird. Uh, I mean, even back then, like in 1990s, um, the government actually considered like putting in the clipper chip, which actually was effectively a backdoor into stuff. You just need to Google clipper chip. Mm -hmm. And so you can see that it's always been a, a constant battle. And we really, really have to just be um caught nixon that that you know we don't buy into this narrative that encryption is bad for people i mean i think there was i think trump recently tweeted something about
0: yeah he did
1: yeah, yeah that they need
0: to give back doors <laughs> uh which i I'm, I'm sure <laughs> you are also totally against um yeah he did he did tweet that um I know that in the past governments may have been trying to do that but it really doesn't make any sense even for the government because the same technology um, that they want to have access to um, they might need other people to be using in order to create um, the noise which is exactly how privacy coins work today where you need traffic from a lot of different sources to obscure like that's how you create the privacy. And um, I never realized this um, before reading um, Snowden's permanent record book, that the government uh, only sort of allows Tor to exist because they, for their own use, it's useful for other people to be giving it traffic so that they can obscure their own communications. And I think, I don't know if it's going to be the exact same thing for privacy coins, but it's it's like a double-edged sword uh, for governmental agencies um, if you take privacy away from the people who you consider bad, you're also taking it away from yourself at the end of the day.
1: Okay. I, I, I do think it's also like, I mean, when, when at that time, I, I, I guess, uh, the U S was like, you know, a clear leader in this kind of technologies. But now you have like many, many other countries with very, very talented, you know, hacking teams and stuff like that, like, you know, China, Russia, or, even like Israel you know and to think that oh yeah you know I'm gonna downgrade this technology and only we can exploit it without realizing that possibly these other countries with very very good resources as well uh, can possibly you know find find the backdoor into this right and it's a really real threat so I, I really am against any sort of like backdoors into the system um, it just doesn't really make sense uh, I mean, like, take a look, <clears throat> something as secret as, like, the plans to the like, F-22, uh, you know, fighter, uh, parts of it will leaked to the, to the Chinese uh, military, which then use it to build their own fifth generation fighter. So, like, look, if you can't keep something like that secure, uh, what, what more, like, potential backdoors and stuff like that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I agree. It's more about equalizing the the playing field versus trying to keep it down like allowing it to rise and then each side able to come up with their own either attacks or defenses um right then trying to say no we're just going to stop anyone from having access to this technology at all
1: um so i mean yeah yeah i mean like at the end of the day it's about boiling down a, a, about balancing liberty with law enforcement right and many many sort of, of stuff um, actually you know all this uh, invasions in our privacy always start with stuff that people find it hard to fight against uh, like, in, in like uh, hard to justify like for example like Apple you know scanning our photos and they will say we're doing this to combat child pornography now will you go out and say like no you know you're going to defend child pornography. i mean that's not what you're doing but it looks bad if you say that no i'm against this technology and apple's like oh you're against fighting child pornography you know yeah, like yeah that's how it starts and then it starts creeping and and expanding its usage because then people accept and that's always been the case you start with like the most crimes and then say that yeah privacy or encryption technologies of you know uh, prevent us from doing this uh, investigating this stuff so we should open it and most people will be like they don't think so much and they're like yeah of course i'm against child pornography (laughs) yeah let's do it yeah without realizing is that look how many of, of the population are child pornographers i think hopefully i would say that it's a small percentage but this type of technologies affect larger swath of people and and the risk there has to be weighed out right and, sure. and this is something that I actually experienced in Malaysia um, where the government ISP started blocking well first of all they started blocking uh, pornographic sites and I was like okay fine you know um, I can I can understand that and and then after that I was like okay we're banning P2P now I'm like, mm, okay uh, Then after that, they started censoring um, political views that were against the government, saying there was fake news and dissemination of wrong information. And as a result, stuff like Medium.com were completely blocked out to us. And I mean, that's why we have VPN technology and stuff like that. But you can see that creep. And that has happened with almost all attacks on privacy. You, You know, it's a slow creep and we really have to be cognizant about this and really fight for it even if it means saying that yeah you know i know that it makes your life uh, chasing child pornographers a bit harder but look you know the the implications are a lot wider than just this right
0: right that's the perfect way to to put it and that's what I, i think um about most privacy technology that yes it will make law enforcement's job a lot harder but it doesn't mean that anyone's asking law enforcement to stop doing their jobs and what they're asking for to make their jobs easier is just too much of a gamble for the, the rest of the, the population um yes. so I, I totally agree with that so knowing all of these things would you say and this is what i think that um the crypto blockchain space in terms of regulation is going in the direction of um, allowing privacy to flourish as we adopt these new technologies. I think that it's not, and I don't know if it will. I don't know like where that needle, you know, like as the line is being drawn, is going to sway. Is it going to go more in the nineteen eighty four direction? Or is it going to go more into the direction where <coughs> law enforcement works around um, privacy? Te- well, just technology that has privacy enabled because it's a, a human right.
1: Um, I mean, I mean, I'm not actually like you know, there are some people that are saying that, <coughs> like, oh yeah, you know, full privacy at all costs. Um, but I do believe that they can be still be balanced, right? And you want to just make it tough to make it too easy to do stuff like money laundering, terrorist funding, and I mean, I'm not a very big fan of the FATF travel rule, but I kind of understand its uh, purpose. Uh, and What's
0: the FATF um, travel rule?
1: Uh, so it's the Financial Action Task Force. The travel rule basically means that whenever a financial institution or exchange transfers money to another financial institution or exchange it would have to attach sender and receiver information that means the the bank that is receiving this money or cryptocurrency or exchange needs to know okay where did this funds originally come from when they first entered and that's just uh, people have like kind of misunderstood meaning they thought that well every single person has to do this as a report it is only covers a transfer from what they actually the uh, the official term is vast which is like virtual something service provider. But basically, what I'm saying is that something that acts like a financial institution or an exchange, whenever they're transferring money only to another financial institution exchange, they have to review like okay, whose money is this? And I think that's okay. I'm not a fan of it, but I can understand it and I can accept it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of people have applied that rule. Uh, to mean that it bans privacy coins which is silly because they say oh well you know everything's completely anonymous so how do i transfer this money to another exchange without telling who it is right and i'm like look the travel rule was designed to work even with cash and cash is anonymous so what's the big deal right and the rules actually say that you don't even have to attach that information about sender and receiver information in the transaction itself you can just communicate like okay I'll bash this transaction that I'm sending to this uh, um, other VASP uh, and then after that I'll just give them a list okay yeah this transaction corresponded to this of my customers and and stuff like that so even if I'm transacting with Zcoin or Monero or Zcash right and they're using the private uh, functions it doesn't matter because if you have already KYC on their exchange then when you're transferring it over they already know who you are so uh what kind of privacy i mean you don't really what's the difference that you you still know who the 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 sender is because you can still easily comply with all these FATF travel rules as well um so i guess that's my point of view on that in the sense that yes regulation actually in the u.s has been, how do you say? It? It's actually been quite measured. Uh, and they also make like distinctions to say that, oh yeah, you know, if you build privacy technologies, uh, there's nothing wrong with it, right? But it's actually like countries like the UK, the Korea, which take these rules and then interpret it differently and then fight and say that oh no this is a uh, reason to ban all privacy coins oh uh, by the way uh, the uk interprets the travel rule also to mean that uh, people who develop this uh, technology or software also have to report and i'm like what does that mean right, right. so uh, there is a battle um i do think that it's good that more people are aware of the importance of privacy but remember it's all about pr game right with with anything right today with like social media or fake news or whatnot it's always about the spin and we have to be very cognizant when people talk about terrorist funding and all this sort of stuff and they like okay you know well how much percentage is it is actually doing this and to mitigate this and is this actually a problem you know and like if you take a look actual cryptocurrency usage in crime is actually pretty low I mean yes it happens but it's really low um, you know most of it is legitimate use so I don't right. really see what what the issue is yeah
0: so do you think that this um, balance that you think could be struck just has to do with education and making people understand what we're saying here um, not just people but people and and regulators also. yes
1: I, I mean I think People just have to realize that what they're giving up to fight uh, against privacy. And unfortunately, in countries like China, that may already be too late. You know, like everything's um, moving uh, into like, like you try to use physical cash. It's really hard already. And wow. now they're moving, like issuing. Like, you know, people give you a funny look. Like if you go to China and you pay people with cash, they're like, can not you give me WeChat pay or something? Well, why are you giving me this shit? You know, like, they actually look at you funny, you must be a tourist, (laughs) you know, it's like, uh, uh, and it's funny, especially in the urban countries, and it's just shows that they basically have no financial privacy anymore. Now, one of the important things that I want to bring up is that people always think about financial privacy as like, yeah, basic human right and, and all that stuff. But then they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it can facilitate money laundering and terrorist funding. But one of the things that was really important is to think about what does it mean when the government has full insight into and control over all your finances? So, you know, in the U.S., you have the right to bear arms and one of the justifications of that is so that you can rise up against a government that's being an asshole. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, but <laughs> But look if a government can lock down your money and cut you off from the financial system, what kind of effective resistance can you have? Right. If I was the opposition, if, if let's say like a party became like really, really popular, like had like 60, 70% of the population voting for it and they say, and then next thing it becomes like any sort of, opposition that dares to rise up against them i cut you off from the money just just on some sort of charges like oh yeah you, you did this oh you you had some tax evasion or or something like that and no one will dare to fight against the government right, right. Um, and this is actually something that happens in my country not in the sense of cutting people off but because um unfortunately i don't think there are many politicians that are completely clean they generally have some sort of um basically they 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 have done some stuff right man because politicians here aren't paid well the government service isn't paid well the police isn't paid well so there's all that incentive to to have these additional sources of income right mm-hmm. now what happens then is that these people cannot fight against the government because the moment they try to do something uh, the government says okay i'm going to call the anti-corruption agency to investigate into you so everyone just falls into line and this is kind of similar right if everyone can control your finances that's you are effectively making a government that cannot be replaced and i think that's a really important point that people need to be aware about
0: yeah Yeah, i also think that particular point will the way it's uh, privacy is framed as sort of almost a secondary um a supplementary hand for like the Second Amendment I think that would really resonate with a lot of um, US uh, based listeners all right um so apart from all this issue with privacy coins I kind of wanted to talk to you about other current events that are going on um, I know I don't really talk about trading or price basically at all on my channel but are you yourself Ruben enthusiastic about the pumps sort of going on in the with a lot of coins and altcoins in particular Z coin is doing very well Particle is not doing so well but most coins (laughs) most coins in uh, general are are doing pretty well, and I I don't I don't predict or anything. Like I, I would say something like, within ten years the overall crypto space will go very well, but I don't really follow that stuff. Um, yeah. How do you feel about it all? What
1: do I think about all this pumps? Um, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it because, um, on the one hand, it shows that coins besides Bitcoin still has interest, which is great. You know, that means people are still looking at our projects and this and stuff like that. But I'm also I'm realistic and I'm like, do they actually care about the tech or is this just another pump opportunity? Yeah. Uh, so um that's something because we have to be realistic as to what our crypto industry has become. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about all the benefits and mm-hmm. uncensorable money and blah blah blah. But right now it's the a huge casino and <clears throat> like where's all the bitcoin trading coming from and you, you speak to a lot of this like even or ogs um who do trading they're like yeah i i'm i trade on bitmax i do like derivatives and futures and many of these things don't even have they don't even have bitcoin backing them right so when you're talking about all these derivatives it means that i'm betting on the price of bitcoin and the Bitcoin price is derived from a couple of indexes that then pull the price of actual Bitcoin sitting in, in a variety of exchanges. So what that means is that I'm making a bet on, not really Bitcoin, it's like a contract over the price of Bitcoin rather than, they don't even need the whole Bitcoin themselves. Right? It's, can you imagine that, right? Yeah, so it's, it's like a totally, and these are things that, that exist in the traditional markets. And now when you see derivative volume, looks to be outpacing regular spot volume means means that more people are doing all this uh, stuff rather than trading actual bitcoin that's not good that means we are becoming like exactly like the financial institutions that we were trying to displace right Right. so and we take a look at what happened to bsv right like i know there's a lot of bsv supporters but it's just like clear as day to me that Crate is not Satoshi. <laughs> you know, there's just a mountain of evidence on that, and uh, like just seems to be a very coordinated pump, um, which is also really interesting because you know a lot of exchanges delisted BSV because of this Craig right thing. But what actually that what that meant was that it was also easier to pump because if you're on secondary exchanges, uh, some of them with like less than scrupulous morals. It's so much easier to pump, uh, pump it because you can easily fake volume. You can do uh, your own self-trading and there's no real traders to fight against. So I, I, I'm i optimistic and I'm hopeful that <coughs> this speculation, this run-up brings interest into the space. That's always good. Uh, but hopefully that once people get into the space, then they realize, oh wow, you know, this is something that is potentially... Uh, you know, world changing, and we go down that path rather than just sticking to, you know, making bit, uh, doing bitmax and and sharing shilling your referral links and yeah. things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean that's my my point of view, and I do hope that like privacy coins have a particular. Say- I mean, you take a look at the recent pumps. Privacy coins have generally done well. Um, Zcash has done well. We have done well. <clears throat> uh, I think grin and beam hasn't seen a huge pump yet but um, in general that that's been like an interesting trend I am no expert trader I do believe that we are at the beginning of a new market cycle of of, of going up but um I'm I'm still cautious like this thing can just like disappear any day right
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I I don't even really um, like I used to check <clears throat> check the price a lot more. But i don't really do it anymore i'm just like i'm just not gonna pay any attention i think um like you were saying a lot of people enter the space and they don't look beyond their their potential the potential gains that they can make um financially to the technology behind coins and that's worrisome um i think it's fine if people want to trade assets um as they do with like stock markets, traditional finance, as long as the assets beneath them are actually doing something useful and providing value to people. As long as that's going on, then it would make sense for people to want to trade those those assets. And it would probably even be considered a good thing because in some ways people buying into a coin to make gains also helps the projects develop and do something uh, with the technology itself. So that's not a, a bad, sorry.
1: I mean, I find it sad that, like, BSV is in, like, number three, you know, or Litecoin, I mean, like, there's nothing scammy about Litecoin, but it's, like, doesn't, it hasn't actually really contributed to development at all. Litecoin yeah. is just a copy, I think it's last released, I don't know, it's, like, more than a year ago or something like that, and it's just been stagnant, right, they're not giving back to the space. You have Bitcoin Cash, you have BSV, I have nothing is Bitcoin Cash, they are innovating as well, but... Like all the really cool stuff isn't in the... in You know, you have Ripple, right? <laughs> Which... Yeah, I mean, I have my own views on that, but it's quite sad that this is the, the top contenders, right? Right. Um, yeah, I
0: know, I
1: and,
0: know. Yeah, I don't you know see, what I'm saying. Yeah, you didn't see my, <coughs> my crypto year review video, but I was like, I also <coughs> gave my sort of a personal review, and I said, um, Particle release is marketplace, but nobody cared, and that's depressing. <laughs> And then I moved on and I'm sure that a lots of crypto projects out there, I don't even really know of them, feel the same way because um, you can't even cut through the noise of the people who are already there, like the coins, say like Litecoin, or who have already established themselves in the space and they have all the funds to do all the marketing. You can't cut through that in order to even learn about which new coins to get educated on. So that you can maybe even have an opinion and also because there's so many like how do you even know like what's a scam and what's not like it's really yeah, hard mean, to do that
1: even i can't keep track of you know i took a, take a look at the top 100 or like even top 50 you like i've never heard of this project i don't even know what they do or, yeah and and you actually realize that the, the 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 ones that are the generally the most dishonest tend to be the most religious followings. Um because <clears throat> like like I'm just gonna call them out like Virg, you know, like
0: oh, yeah, they, they have like
1: first. no Yeah, like no, no privacy technology, you know, like raise money to like millions of dollars to pay the pawn how to get listed and and all that stuff sort of stuff and a lot of these people like they bought in, they maybe made some money, or they're underwater, but then they became like emotionally attached to it and becomes really scary, it's like a cult, they, they can't see how bad the technology is, uh, or, you know, and does that mean that maybe technology doesn't matter, you know, like, I was just surprised, like, I actually just recently got off like a little Twitter spat with uh, Digibyte, which I was very taken aback. Um, like I used to have a, a good view of Digibyte, but after speaking to Jared and just seeing like the tactics that he used. So so he claimed that, um, so he tweeted something publicly and this was something, this is not the first time I've heard it. It is probably a like third, fourth time. If you take a look at Wikipedia as well, or some wiki, they say that Bitcoin Cash, uh, Uses um, You know digibytes code for their difficulty adjustment. so difficulty adjustments about basically how the mining difficulty is being adjusted right and I think Jared said like oh, you know all these crap coins and if not for digibyte uh, Bitcoin cash would have been screwed over. So, you know, they're taking our stuff And I was like no that can't be right because I actually know the history of how uh, Bitcoin cash uh, difficulty adjustment actually came about and so I, I just, I actually tweeted back and I said hey you know, are you, uh, maybe you're mistaken because I'm pretty sure that Bitcoin Cash did not use any of Digibyte's code for this part um, because they use something called a simple moving average and you have something called DigiShield or MultiShield that is a lot more complicated uh, so where where is and simple moving average is just simple moving average right like like what what is it right <laughs> and uh, I, I called him on the side. i said maybe you're mistaken and it wasn't actually like confrontation he was like maybe it's a mistake right, right. and then he's like <clears throat> oh i i you, you got to be kidding me you know the bitcoin cash people approached me and, and said that uh you know they they complained that that our documentation was not good enough and stuff like that and now they they used it and i was like well okay well let's just take a look at the code did they use it or not and i pointed to the code like i pointed to the exact code sections oh. and the whole history of that and it was definitely a simple moving average versus something like Shi, which is a totally different approach to things which isn't a isn't a moving average type of algorithm as well and instead of saying oh yeah sorry i'm mistaken uh, you know, he just doubled down and basically linked to this trade where a, a third party guy that has no affiliation the Bitcoin Cash was actually saying that oh yeah you know Digi DigiShield has weaknesses and and you know this wouldn't work well for Bitcoin Cash and he I don't know how he extrapolated that and said that now Bitcoin Cash is using it I was like that's a really really far jump and the worst thing was all this DigiByte fans started crapping on me saying like oh I, you must be new to the space
0: like,
1: <laughs> you know and yeah and, and i'm like take a look at the evidence i'm like no you look at the evidence i provided the evidence for you right here and they say, oh yeah but i'm not a coder i can't evaluate but i trust what jared says i'm like no that's that's not what i mean they like ask someone that can read code you know or or just take a simple look at at the trade that Jared linked, which doesn't show that Bitcoin Cash is looking at it. They're just like, Bitcoin Cash was just looking at a bunch of algorithms and of course, look at DigiShield. I'm like, "Mm, interesting, and maybe it wouldn't work for us. And that's it, that's it. Uh, So he still hasn't taken down that tweet. He still hasn't apologized for it. Instead of, 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 of doing that, he attacked the difficulty adjustment guy saying that DigiSphere has been, oh, this difficulty algorithm has been working for six years so there's no problem with it. I'm like, God, so I mean, uh, this is a bit, again, of a ramble but I wanted to illustrate that this was a very clear case of the evidence is being pointed at you and you still cannot accept the truth because of your tribalism or whatnot. And I think that's the same with, like, Craig right you know, like he's been caught saying that, oh yeah, I read this white paper and and I remember this section, and la la la. Then the found us. Oh, because I wrote it. Because he forgot that he's not. He he was the one who supposedly wrote the the white paper, right? It's uh-huh. just so much evidence against uh, Craig Wright uh, of not being even like a competent coder to do these things, and it's not him. I mean. Who knows? Maybe he offed Satoshi and has access to the wallet or whatnot. Oh my god. He <laughs> definitely Satoshi. You know? Who knows, right? Like,
0: Who knows, yeah. indeed. Well, I think it really highlights um, almost why this space is so scammy because people, there's like the technology and only your video cut out. There's technology, there's new technology and only some people really understand how it works. And even though a lot of people could understand, it takes time to educate oneself. Like not everyone's going to do that. It's, it's not really realistic. And so you're kind of left um, having to depend on other people who are in the know for their opinions. And I don't know if that's something that can be solved. I, I don't really think so. Actually, it's just an issue with the space. And I think because it's so new, the whole industry, um, this is going to be an issue for a while and maybe over time, it will level off in terms of this knowledge gap that exists.
1: Yeah, the thing is that this is not just a trend with crypto. This is the trend with the world. And this is the trend of how a lot of these weird dictators uh, or like leaders come to power through the power of misinformation because people, most people can't think critically. And that's an issue like you know take a look at like the misinformation like for example with like ukraine uh you know there was that phone transcript with trump and and the ukrainian president you know the whole like quick pro code are you following that like basically the
0: detail uh, just a a bit
1: yeah yeah and like the whole they you see like all these supporters they're like read the transcript read the transcript man there's nothing there. But the thing is that when you read the transcript, it's really, really clear <laughs> that it's there. But And, you know, they've interviewed these people. So, okay, you say, read the transcript. Have you read the transcript? What does it say? And they're like, I don't know. I trust um, Trump.
0: Um, it's
1: the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. And, and or oh, like climate change, you know, denying climate change or anti-vaccination people. <laughs> it's all the same thing. Because if you don't trust any source, like, there's all this thing like, oh, everyone's like lying. Then oh. I just choose what I want to believe, right? And this is a very sad state. And this can only be solved through teaching people how to think critically. And that's so why I think democracy is a horrible model for populations where people can't think critically. Because it doesn't, it doesn't become the representation of the people. It's more of like, how can I manipulate the people to think like me?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too political, but I also question whether or not democracy is a, <laughs> democracy is like the right thing because kind of what you're saying. If it's 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 great if everyone's properly informed and capable of getting the right information that they need, but maybe not so great. But that's definitely getting um, super political, which I don't mind. I have a political channel, but it's it's like off off topic. Um, so I'm kind of talking about the maximalism stuff, um, well not maximalism but cults. how do you feel about um, Bitcoin maximalists? I like Bitcoin, I think that there is some development there and I think it's okay that people disagree uh, ideologically, I think that's to be expected, and that's okay. But I don't really like and I don't know how to operate within the, the space where because as we're saying it's very hard to distinguish scams from not scams everything is sort of written off and also that people don't like hearing criticisms of you know like Bitcoin can't really isn't really uh, fast enough to be like internet money as it was initially idealized to be that's not to say that things can't change or that it's like useless or anything like that or that it wasn't pioneering but like I personally just find it very very difficult to operate um in this space where it's like i can't even say the the, if i say the wrong thing i'm just not a supporter of bitcoin anymore which is not true like it's like it's like very difficult to deal with
1: (laughs) yeah i mean um you know the whole thing like everything but bitcoin is a coin and you know that that whole um drivel and and you know that sort of narrative is, is horrible right and like, for example, you know, I may not agree everything that what Ethereum does, but I do think they're trying really interesting things. Whether it works or not is a separate question, but if they are genuine attempts, uh, there's nothing wrong with that as long as people know that this is a great experiment. And, and that's the same thing with Bitcoin, right? And the thing is that <clears throat> a lot of like the stuff that Bitcoin maximalists have been like, Saying as scammy and stuff like that. Like for example, they criticize Ethereum for for like enabling all these ICOs and creating their own tokens. But you now now Blockstream's doing that with their liquid side chain, which allowing people to raise um, money from their assets and stuff like that. So I'm like, how's that different, right? You you are enabling them, right? It's it's a it's a neutral platform. You people can use it for good or bad. And I mean like for example one of the like I mean you would be familiar with this um, like for example with BitC, right um, BitC is an exchange um, <clears throat> that is supported by Blockstream uh, I believe like Samson and a couple of other people are also investors in BitC. and you know Samson has come up really against uh, stuff like Ethereum right and and But at the same time, what is BitC actually doing, right? Um, So BitC is creating its own token on the Liquid sidechain and trying to raise money for $50 million. Um, And so how's that different, right? Um, Just because it's on Bitcoin is legit? No, it isn't. And Liquid sidechain is basically controlled by Blockstream or Federated or so. complain about centralization so the the only defense against that is that oh we never said that this was decentralized so okay fine <laughs>
0: uh
1: and, and then after that like you know the whole misdirection about whether bit c has the pre the requisite licenses to operate i mean i'm not going to go into that but uh, you can just look it up so i'm just saying that uh, many of the things that that a lot of this Bitcoin maximalists are saying they're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. So how is that different? Um and you know, people say that oh lightning will help us scale. We've been waiting for a really, really long time for for lightning to actually like work very well. I mean they allowed yeah, like, like two
0: years. Like since more the whole that, big big, big um Bitcoin <coughs> cash thing, it was all about scaling. That was yes, the thing. Yes, about issue. the set
1: with lightning yeah. and all of that <laughs> stuff and it's been a really long time, and yeah, they are still making uh, developments in that regard, but Hey look, you know, you criticism uh, criticize Ethereum for not delivering Ethereum 2 on time uh, And, you know, then, well, what about Lightning, you know? <laughs> it's it's still, a, uh, still a work in progress, and we shouldn't be crapping on people like that There are many other projects that haven't delivered as well yeah. So I feel really rather sad because <clears throat> People keep on saying that Bitcoin can do everything. you know, it can't. It's just really, really clear that it can't do everything, and that's not a fault of Bitcoin. But as everything in the world, you can't have everything. Like if you want privacy, then you you lose auditability, right? Uh, like you know you're not you're not gonna hide values. So so what do you do? You you do a federated side chain, which is like semi-centralized. Yeah, that's the trade-off. That's not great. So. If I can have like a, another alternate currency that does privacy well, so what? That, that, that's good for the whole ecosystem. And I'm not against Bitcoin. I love Bitcoin. But if can Bitcoin can swap into the privacy coin, you do your transactions there, then you come up back into Bitcoin. What's wrong with that? It's, right. We should be thinking about how we can work together as an ecosystem. And as long as the project is delivering some value, as in like, this is something that they're good at, they're building it, and it ties into the ecosystem as a whole so that i don't just have to use bitcoin i can use other coins but it's part of a, a, a global ecosystem a combination of technologies rather than we should build everything on bitcoin like you know, right. people that say they want to build smart contracts on bitcoin you're never going to have that and as a result then there's stuff like rsk uh you know like rootstock which then are trying to build smart contract capability on bitcoin but they then have this side chain thing as well and i'm like well is that really that different from from having like a separate chain you know it's like ideologically is it that different it it really isn't you know so i, I just find the whole bitcoin maximalism thing as the most hypocritical thing there is um and people have to take off their blinders and and like you know people keep saying like oh yeah bitcoin privacy is coming We have Schnorr signatures and Taproot and I'm like Schnorr signatures Taproot and like they're great but they're very like incremental improvements like the only thing Schnorr signatures does for privacy is to hide the fact that a a transaction is a multi-signature transaction or not yeah it's just like it's kind of like um how to say like, I, I'm, I'm totally naked, and then I'm just covering my, 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 my private parts with a leaf, right? And yeah, it technically does improve privacy, but it doesn't solve the key issues. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm biased because, you know, of course I run a, 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 a different coin, but I'm not here to displace Bitcoin. I'm just here to offer alternatives to that stuff that Bitcoin can't do. And I think privacy is one of them
0: yeah i i think that it really highlights different mindsets when it comes to building something and putting it out into the world and wanting to create value so that people want to use it because if you have a more collaborative um frame of mind then you will see that other coins out there creating value are actually just increasing the pie they're increasing The reasons why people might want to come into the crypto community versus being limited to one thing and that's different than if you think oh this new project is just going to cannibalize my project that's not always the case and it's also very not likely to happen because you're already like a first mover in the space like you're not going to be this place like it's not likely uh, to happen and so it's it's definitely i think a, a mindset Thing and I don't know how to change it, but I don't I don't like it either.
1: <laughs> so. the, the the only thing that would change it is that if um basically altcoin market caps really start challenging Bitcoin. And I think that would be a wake up call. You know, I think people have been too they have been too confident about like Bitcoin being the, the sole winner and I'm, I've seen this narrative so many times and people talk about the Lindy effect which is powerful and stuff like that but at the same time, if Bitcoin continues on its current trajectory uh, it is at risk of being displaced and I'm not even talking about Bitcoin killers but it's just like saying that it's going to lose its, pay, its place as like 70% or 80% of the market cap and if it goes down to let's say 40 percent yeah it's still the dominant player but it means that now i have to survive in this uh group of other coins and that may actually be a good thing for bitcoin i don't know i mean that would be a really interesting turn of events um because i do feel that everyone's like i mean this is something that i actually talked about like everyone's too obsessed about satoshi's vision or like how, how we shouldn't be modifying things too much. And okay, maybe that's fine, but you in a, in a space that's so young, like 2008, 2009, and, and you're saying that you're going to kind of like, you know, only do incremental improvements now, like when there's so many other cool technologies coming out, I think that's a real shame. Um, and
0: so, yeah. I was gonna say, it sounds like a religion. <laughs> Like, you just have yes, to adhere exactly. to the, the doctrine, the already established <coughs> doctrine. It you is can't a religion. <laughs> exactly.
1: And, and I mean, like, that's the same thing with martial arts as well. Like, you know, I'm actually wearing an Aikido shirt. And and, and yeah, one Ruben, of the things about.
0: Sorry, I just want to tell <laughs> people listen, Ruben is super cool. And he's uh, a <laughs> dojo instructor and um, what do you call it? You're something fighter. Um, very, very cool person. I say
1: continue, continue now. <laughs> but but the idea was that like you know even though I'm an I run a dojo I'm I'm the dojo cho, The head of the school. If people tell me like oh yeah it's traditional Aikido good to prevent uh, to 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 for self defense on the street I'm like no, it's horrible at that. It's like because too many people have said like okay this is the way oh Sensei did it our founder did it. And therefore this is the only correct way we cannot change of it because it's perfect without realizing that even our, our founder his his technique developed and changed uh, during different periods of time so why are you freeze framing it and as a result like when there are new developments that come out you're like nah you know oh sensei is right and this is exactly what the religion is and you take a look like you know i mean there's this whole website called bushido which is quite funny it's like instead of it's a play on and bushido which is like the warrior code but now it's like bushido uh, <laughs> <but, laughs> and you see all these guys and, and i've seen it in my own dojo as well where they have so much respect for me that even though my technique i didn't do it right they still fall down and they believe that it's real and i'm like why are you falling down i didn't even touch you you know and and this is the whole thing it's like you accept without actually questioning and that's why i feel that you know that's why stuff like muay thai stuff like that because there's resistance you're putting it under pressure and that's why you the technique develops and become effective and that's the thing with what bitcoin and all these other currencies should should do which is means there's conflict but in the same set, we're not saying that we're not ever going to change but we're like we're going to better our, our, our ideas
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know like or our privacy coins like Zcash Cash is an approach, Monero is an approach, Z is an approach. Remember, mm-hmm. Wimber has an approach. Grin, let's like do it. out, put it under pressure, put it under scrutiny, and then what would what would come out of this is not necessarily a winner, but the whole technology just grows as an entire body rather than saying, okay, I'm going to stagnate and think this is the best. Yeah. So I think that's like a very good analogy as to you know how the industry should develop. Yeah.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. You're really great with the metaphors. <laughs> um, so one more thing I want to ask you uh, before we end things um, was what you thought about what happened with the U.S. indicting the Ethereum dev that uh, went to the conference in uh, North Korea, who the U.S. has sanctioned um, for obvious reasons. Um, uh, what do you think about that? Um, I guess... <laughs> Philosophically, because most people in the crypto space are understand that the technology exists in order to bypass these kinds of um, sanctions.
1: Oh mm-hmm. uh, well I've only I mean like I have to admit I haven't looked in like absolute detail as to what exactly happened, but of course from what I was reading on the news, you know, Virgil was someone that was actually almost like semi bragging that he was doing this and like he's going to North Korea and stuff whether he actually taught them about money laundering I don't know but if he did that then that's kind of silly right and yeah. I think the whole i the whole idea is that yeah I-, I don't think it's wrong to educate people about cryptocurrencies and the possibilities of cryptocurrencies um, and the thing is that Look, you know, you don't need you don't need someone to teach you how to, to, to do money laundering or to to bypass sanctions using crypto. You can just kind of do it already, right? Um, and I feel that what Virgil did was kinda of silly, like if he kind of like kind of rubbed it in the face, you know. But if it was there just to like generally educate about the potentials of the technology and whatnot, sure. Um, of course that's that whole like narrative like should we be even engaging with with uh, these like you know soft of, sort of like possibly rogue states right but i don't know i i would like to think that technology is neutral but i'm also realistic that some technology isn't like if you have nuclear capability <laughs> like yeah we should share that with everyone but i think if you're just basically sharing Okay, this is blockchain technology, this is what Ethereum is doing, this all this DeFi stuff. I don't think there's anything wrong, and perhaps it might spark some sort of revolution or or change uh, because of these technologies. But I do think that we shouldn't be at the same time saying, like, yeah, you know, I'm going to he- help a rogue state to, to, to bypass sections and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, that's my point of view on that. It's not a very deep opinion, but. Uh, I do feel that you shouldn't go out of your way to piss people off, um, unless it's really worth it. Like, for example, like whether he went to North Korea or not, whether he, he did that, or that. I mean, the impact is really, really low. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, maybe North Korea understands a little bit more. But if if it's something like Snowden that you know shows the extent of government abuse and stuff like that, and, and pisses off the government, I mean. Yeah then it might be worthwhile like pissing off a government intentionally or well, not intentionally but because this is of such public importance that people need to know and I guess that's the kind of line you have to draw you have to balance like if am i willing to sacrifice myself to let the truth go out and very few people can say they 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 can do that and that's why i have immense respect for people like gave up everything to to uncover these things and if not for Snowden I I don't think we will be you know the whole privacy space we will be a lot worse off because then people are like oh yeah you know you're just imagining things the government isn't really spying on us and stuff like that they don't abuse it they're only using it for law enforcement but because of what Snowden did we know that they are human they are subject to like you know power trips or like you know we realize the extent of the abuse and therefore we should think about privacy a lot more. So, yeah, that's kind of my view on that.
0: <laughs> I thought that was a pretty uh, nuanced you I don't know, I probably don't know any more detail than you. I did read that he had been warned um, not to do it and he decided to go ahead anyway. And for me, he decided to go ahead anyway. And for me, it's a question of... Um, like you were saying, is the reward worth the risk? Uh, and also, was he helping the state, or was he trying to reach the people? I don't really think he could reach the people without going through the state. like that wouldn't they they wouldn't allow it. Um, and I don't know like what kind of access North Koreans have uh, to the internet where they could possibly just go find this information. Uh, I, I don't think any. <laughs> but I, I'm I don't no know Korea
1: is the, uh, the internet. So they don't even have internet. Yeah. They they only can access their own websites, yeah.
0: But I think just from, you know, the fact that it's a dictatorship, I don't think that him going there would even get to the people if he was trying to do that in the first place.
1: Yes. Yes. I I don't think it was the case. Like, I think for that particular case, obviously the the drawbacks outweigh the reward, you know. Um, Yeah and I I do think it's kind of silly to do that but if it was like an open forum I mean it's really hard in North Korea I I don't pretend to be an expert in that but if there was a chance that this technology could be reaching people uh, you know not just government officials and stuff like that even if even if they are like within the camp of even if they're pro-government right now I think there's some value to that because it sparks like there's a spark that may start I'm not saying that what he did was correct, but what I'm saying that if there was a way to say like, look, you know, understand the like importance of privacy, understand what it means that to have a dictatorship and these are the tools to kind of erode to have more of like a a balance between power of the people and the government. And they may start out as government like fanatics, but even if you convince like maybe one or two people and these people start a spot, that may be worth it. But it's really hard to evaluate But I really felt that maybe what Virgil did was more Less of like Let's change the world But more of like I think it's really cool to go to North Korea And talk about blockchain I think I feel that That was his main purpose Rather than trying to change stuff
0: Yeah Alright, well I don't have any more um, questions for you This has definitely been interesting And we talked about everything that's happening now And kind of Philosophical questions about technologies and where they can lead. And about our favorite, uh, one of both of our favorite topics. I don't, I'm not, I think the grammar there was wrong, but we talked about privacy. Um, so thank you for coming on Crypto Ramble and sharing all this information. Just to remind you guys listen, this is Ruben Yap, and he kind of works with slash runs Zcoin, a privacy project. And he's an awesome person, and I'm glad to have him on.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks, (laughs) Cesare.
0: All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. All
1: right. Bye.